Ah, you dickheads. Welcome to episode 48 of Double Dodge. This one's called Thumb in a Softie, which will become evident as you listen to the podcast. Um, I got to have a great chat. Uh, first time I met him face-to-face, in a sense. Uh, Mr. Richard Keeling, Beard Mini, as most people know him. Um, he's an absolute legend, a gentleman. Um, he's also coming over to Australia to live in Adelaide. So that's awesome. Our meta will grow by one, uh, which will make it three which is really good for us uh, and means Dave and I don't get as bored playing each other all the time. Uh, speaking of which, David was on the line as well. Always a pleasure. He's a champ um, and it just doesn't work without him. So we have a bit of a chat. We talk Naughty and Nice List. We talk a little bit of Soma, uh, a little bit of Numa, a little bit of Veteran Captain Greed uh, and a bit of Festival. But in general, we just kind of recap what was the, you know, the Guild Ball year and and things we liked, things we didn't, and where we think the game's going. Um, there is a bit of a, a disjointed uh, bit at one point where I think Rich needs to relieve himself, so we might just wang in and out of that uh, and keep on rolling. That's it. That's that's all I've got for the intro for the Christmas episode. So hang on, wait for it. Let's just wang on in. <laughs> Patreon. Give them money, they'll insult you. It's a weird service, but if you're into that kind of thing, who am I to judge? It's 2019, after all. And on the line, we have a man who's a long-time listener, first-time caller, soon-to-be Radaladian, um, although I believe he likes to refer to it as Radders, maybe, but we have Mr. Rich John Bartholomew Keeling. Uh, how are you, sir? That is not my second middle name. <laughs> my second middle name is much more extravagant than that. Oh, wow. Um, if only it was Bartholomew. No, Ignatius. Come on. I mean, that's a quality, quality middle name. Are you serious? That is amazing. That is actually amazing. <laughs> yes. I'm not allowed to be frivolous. Sorry. I just said you serious, and uh, Siri just said uh, I'm not about it, uh, allowed to be frivolous. So um, I better put... Yeah. Hmm. Um, Richie might be honest there. And on That's the other... Skynet shit right there. Oh, mate. It's... It's... That's how they get you. It's... Suddenly, suddenly, you know, a box full of uh, party favours rocks up on your doorstep courtesy of Amazon. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know if you see Have you seen this thing going around? I'm sorry to derail things immediately. Have you seen this thing going around <laughs> on, on Twitter where some, some fella has, has ordered, like, some gigantic, like, fleshlight ass off Amazon and it's immediately put on his Twitter account. I've just ordered. <laughs> and his very next tweet is, how do you, how do you disconnect Twitter from your Amazon <laughs> Glorious. Absolutely glorious. Oh my god. Yes, yes. Uh, poor bastard. Uh, and I feel for him. But, you know, I hope, I hope it arrived in due time though, because we're having a lot of freight issues at the moment. So, you know, as long oh, as it really? lands there. Yeah. Um, and on that fantastic segue, I'm going to throw to one David Scotland, the other man on the line, who's still yet to receive his God tier pledge. Dave, how are you? Well, I'm not. I, I, I can't say. I can't say I'm happy. Uh, but I won't say I'm angry. Yeah. Okay. Just, uh, just waiting. I mean, like, I imagine <laughs> this is what like uh, uh, a soul sent to purgatory feels like right now. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in fucking God tier delivery purgatory. It's confirmed. Oh, wait, there's a live unboxing. 
You. I mean, so these these pricks are uh, they're on video chat and they're showing me all their god tier boxes. One by oh, it's a rule book. No. It's a rule book. Yeah, I'd like to know how to play the game. Don't have it. <laughs> oh, look at that. Look at that wonderful art. Don't have that either. Well, oh, that that really brightened my house. You haven't even popped the tokens out Don't there, Rich. It. That's fantastic. That no. is absolutely fantastic. No, no, no. I mean, this is quality radio. Just like yeah. two men trolling another one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's. I feel like it's just a. You know, it's, it's another episode, right? Yeah, it's a standard Christmas episode. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for uh, meeting us at the uh, the bottom of the barrel. I mean, that that hey, might pleasure. might be a good way of getting into. Um, Steam Forged, and what are your, you know, your favourite moments or you know, least favourite moments of the year, Dave? What do you reckon? Well, when we were when we were shopping this idea around in the extensive planning session that we always uh, that we always have, uh, we thought naughty or nice list. So, oh, okay. I've got I've got a few things on the naughty list. I've got a few things on the nice list. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can take turns. I mean, I can I can go first. Yeah. If you like. I mean, that, that... I, I want to start out on the high road. Like, like, I don't want to go straight to the, you know, straight to fucking shooting people. Um, nice list. It's uh, it's good to see that playtesting is now one man. I think good <laughs> playtesting is stronger when there's less people doing it. So, well done. It's a more efficient, more efficient process. Man, we, we all know command structures and authoritarian governments the most effective. <laughs> oh, we're hoping so over here. <laughs> Bo is... Oh, it's... oh my word! <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm 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 grateful for that at, uh, at this end of the year. Fair, fair. Uh, in an actual fight, like, the quality of resin sculpt, resin materials. Yeah, Sorry. spot on. Like, it's so good. The improvements that we've seen over the resin over the last year has been spectacular. I have theories, which like I hasten to add, at no point have ever been endorsed or led to me by Steamforged employees. Uh, it's my own tinfoil hat theory, if I can borrow Rich Luxem's phrase, that the old <laughs> the, the old manufacturers who made the morticians and the butchers and the hunters that we can't buy, are they holding those moulds to ransom? Like, it's the only thing that makes sense to me that you know, we've had this, this fantastic leaps and bounds in the quality and the production of resin miniatures. I've just had my shipping notification for the next wave for festival and... Uh, Soma and Greed. Greed, Not yeah. Soma. Why not? Just fuck that prick. Yeah, um, fair, fair. But, yeah, <clears throat> You're I'm, a man with standards, Rich. I, I respect that. Exactly. They're low, but, you know... Stay off the bandwagon. Yes. I'll leave that to Panzer. He's got he's got the Alchemist sewn up. That's fine. But yeah, but yeah, just the quality of the sculpts this year is is, is so crisp. Like veteran Captain Boar is beautiful, and that just big old chunky chunk of uh, of resin for the year. But, yeah, that's probably my highlight for the year is just the quality of the sculpts. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And where they've kind of come from, and you give you know within a year being able to basically come right around from. Yeah. Things like the the miners, which I feel they they pulled out a little bit too quick. I think that you know there was some you know quality issues there, but obviously it was to um, sell a few more models quickly and to people like me and make sure that they they're busters of shit. Dave, that's a fantastic background. You mow up, mate. Right. You should mow <laughs> yeah, up. Cheers, man. Cheers. Yeah. It's just sitting there. 
He's got his patio going on. Nice. He has, just, he has. Just, just waiting for an opportunity where it's like not so hot that it won't burst into flames the moment I start it. Yeah, no, fair, fair. fair. Those, those resins are bang on, like you're dead right, and uh, they've made a huge effort to turn it around. So, I mean, you've got to pay that, don't you? Mm. What, what, about the, what about the plastics, like the, the cooks that we saw in, what, February? Like, mm. they're, decent. they're decent models. Mm-hmm. Like roast, especially, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, well, who doesn't like a who doesn't like a chunky boy? I, I like my men big, so yeah, works for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, groom got nice. Actually, I do love the. Uh, actually, no, we shouldn't get back onto that because Dave will just get salty again about how it's not there. <laughs> Sorry, we'll, we'll get back to Gilball. Look, you, you pricks! It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're coming. They're coming. <laughs> They're coming uh, eventually. You, you know, worst comes to the worst. When I arrive in March, you can have a go on mine. So. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks. No that's not that long to wait. <laughs> like, month. End, of, end of quarter one. Or what is it? End of quarter three, 2020. Fuck yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> uh, it was weird. When, when, when the cooks came out and you got roast, and he's there with his, like, he's got, what, sausage rolls on his belt, and he's wearing a, a chicken around his neck. Mm. I was, like, as, you know, as a vegan, looking at this going, what, is this, is this a thing that, that people do? And then I remembered that Russ, the man that sculpted it, is also a vegan. And he's probably just going, I don't fucking know what people do. I don't know, maybe they wear chickens. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it makes a nice metaphorical millstone. Um, you know, it's, it's representative of guilt. Uh, it's representative <laughs> of shame, gluttony. I mean, it's a, it's a very astute political comment, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, we must you know, not overlook the political commentary in Russ's sculpting. <laughs> I, never, I never do. Wow. <laughs> the belt? The belts. What do the belts no, mean? Is, uh, it, is it about security or is it about subjugation? Who knows? Yes, definitely yes. Yeah. And at that point, Campbell takes another swig of wine. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I was actually just going to get to the point of what do you what do you reckon his sculpts are uh, going to highlight now that um, the UK have voted in um, someone who lies about it, their own name? Like, I believe it was you, Rich, that pointed out that Boris's name isn't actually Boris. Yeah, yeah, for any of our international listeners, or your international listeners, perhaps I should say, um, Boris Johnson, is, his name is Alex de Feffel. Um, Boris Johnson was a character created so he could write um, in the Telegraph in the 80s as a journalist. And like, he has a 10-year-old daughter that he never acknowledges. Um, like, it's, I could rant for fucking years about that man and his inability to tell the truth, but he's a character. It's an absolute I'm sure he's viewed on the international stage as a caricature of like um, British nobility and the excesses of, in, of inbreeding. Um, <laughs> and that's because he is that. He's created that for himself. And he's, I, um, I can't wait to leave him behind. <laughs> like, yes. He, he boils my blood. <clears throat> Putin must be very happy having another useful idiot in charge. I mean, he's really, you know, he's racking him up at the moment. I mean, that's three I can count. Uh, we got Trump, we got Boris, we got ScoMo over here. You know, it's good. It's good, man. It's good. Straight out of the Russian playbook. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, there was a report produced on Russian interference in the British election, which was suppressed like during the run-up to the election, which they're now going to publish. So looking forward to reading that. Hey... More fucking god tier miniatures, you. Yeah, well, right. I'm only talking <laughs> politics. I'm literally just holding <laughs> <up to> my... <laughs> it's 
so for the listeners at home, uh, uh, we're, we've got a video chat going here. And it's just, uh, it's it's like a fashion parade of God tier miniatures. And don't get me wrong, they look beautiful, but I don't have them. So, fuck y'all. Mm. Thanks for nothing, boys. Thanks for nothing. I have so many dice. I don't know about I don't know about you, Campbell, but did they just send you an excessive quantity of yeah. dice? Yeah, I, I well I can't I can't access them from here, but yes, yes, I've got lots. And it's not like, you know, like a, a vet rage charge where you actually just need a whole fistful of dice. Like generally you max out at the original ten. Like I I haven't rolled any more than that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I must have. I must have thirty. I must easily have thirty of the things. Yeah. We... So d- d- dice, dice generosity. Appreciate that. Mm. Dave's moved location again. What a time! No, I'm just. I'm. I'm on a swivel chair. Oh, okay, yeah. fans. That was a delight. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting. So, for oh. those of listeners that haven't gotten on to the fact that uh, Rich is basically um, escaping the UK and coming to Adelaide. Oh yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I should have come into that much better because yeah what happened there mate your perth just didn't want to you know they ran out of visas or we got a solid yeah nah um (laughs) and and perth just went no no fuck off um adelaide on the other hand were open arms no apparently all immigration has been shut down um apart from to rural areas and for whatever reason adelaide and darwin are constituted as a rural area Mm. so we went adelaide over darwin (laughs) we are perceived that way by most most of the rest of uh, australia so based on based on that what kind of research have you done into adelaide um like you know what's our greatest monument in south australia um, that would be the two giant balls outside the mall. Fact. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Tick. No worries. <laughs> that's fine. I've got a I've got a mate in uh, immigration, so that's fine. I'll just make sure he uh, gives you the rubber oh, stamp. Yeah, that's no, all good. Well, I mean, there's two ways it could go. You land at the airport and you get the full fist <laughs> treatment, or you just go straight through. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything to declare? Yes, eager anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we've we've done the, the some naughty, or, or we've done some nice. I think Dave's nice was That's naughty. Nice. Did you have a nice? I oh, did. I have a nice. Um, minus, absolutely minus. They were really nice when they came out. Um, they're still <laughs> very nice, um, just not quite as nice. Now look, popular in France. Yes. Yes. Well, it was like the top seven of eight or something insane like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and it was Dave Cameron, I think, that uh, managed to pull that one off. Now, I yes. I do like some of the new guilds that have come out, some of the minor ones. Uh, the minors in particular are just my kind of weird jank jam. So definitely on the nice list. And, you know, with a caveat of, like, the minors that aren't, the broken miners that first came out. I think they were well and truly over the top. That was the naughty list. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, just with place effects, seeing as there's so few, there were so few of them in the game, the introduction mm. of a two-inch place on every single model. It was, I, played, I was playing against um, uh, a mate of mine, Jay, who eagle-eyed handy viewers such as they are may have seen on early episodes of Don't Touch the Beards. He was the other London pundit. In the great tradition of London pundits, there are three of us. One has moved to Portugal, Jay has moved to Sweden, and I'm moving to Australia, so fuck London. Like, you can sort yourselves out from now on. Um, he 
like it was playing against me and mule disengaged by going over my model and it's just like this is egregious <laughs> like there is no way like i'm all right with this so i was very happy when the the april nerf hit hard yeah mule mule was just i think the speed plus the the reposition was just too much yeah i think darling and back i still I, actually I, think I, they're in a I, very I, good spot Oh, they're, they're great fun to use. Like, I'm using them in a local minor guild league um, because they're not at all my usual kind of team. I much prefer to take out games of football. But they're tremendous fun to pilot, so you can't can't argue that at all. No, absolutely. I can't Dave. believe that was April. April, man. It feels like a lifetime ago. Mm. Mm. You got any... Silence. Yeah, yeah I know. A, full yeah. Life, a full lifetime. David, mm. David. Just like that pause. Nice list. Uh, Nice list. What have you got? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a weird year for me because, like, you know, we, we came off WTC last year, intensively mm. played Guild Ball all last year. And I really dialed back this year. So I think um, what I've really appreciated is maybe stepping away from competitive play a bit and just, just rediscovering the joy of the game. That's That's yeah. been really good because it's a fucking great game. It is a great game. Even though there's, like, Bullshit balance sometimes, and you know, steam forged. I'd like to jerk my chain by dropping shit that's clearly not been, uh, you know, it's not been passed through the scanner properly. Um, put all that to one side. It's an incredible game, and it, it retains that flavor and that character. And uh, yeah, here we are, like what four years later. I don't know. I, I I don't know when we picked it up, man. But still, just as enthused to play it as I always have been. Fair. It's a ridiculous game, and I think that is at the heart of it is that it's a hilarious concept. That mm. is, it, it's just daft. Um, mm. And I can remember um, like getting those early demos and just just ridiculous howls of laughter as my mates were like pulling off ridiculous snapshots and all that kind of shit. And I, you know, I don't get to, you know, I work a lot of evenings and weekends, which is how I'm able to talk to you gents at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Um, hey. Why is Adelaide ten and a half hours difference? Why is the extra half hour? That makes no fucking sense to me. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, it just doesn't make, make any sense. Why would you need that? But even I don't know, like, Rich. I don't know, man. An extra an extra half of something can always be put to good use, don't you think? We, I, mean, I always uh, found it makes a difference. I'll have a look at that fellow with his Amazon review. See what he reckons. <laughs> um, but just, you know, even like Connor, uh, my, my my co-host on Beardpod, Connor at WTC, attempting a one dice snapshot against bots. Um, just mm. Yeah, it, mm. it doesn't it doesn't matter what level you're at, like whether it's your first game or your three hundredth with your one captain that you only ever use. This still ridiculous, and I, I think that's the appeal. That's why I'm still playing it. Is it's just a stupid idea that's ridiculously fun to play with a competitive rule set bolted onto it. So, yeah, well done. Mm. Well done. One dice snapshot all the way. That's some fucking mad tech, bro. That's some pretty good oh, tech. It's, I mean, when was WTC? September? It's been two, maybe three months. We haven't not mentioned it on a daily basis. Right? <laughs> and Just, rightly so. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Discord has stopped talking about it either, which is glorious to see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is how legends are born. This is how myths uh, echo down the ages. So, well done, Connor. Yeah. It's, it's very reassuring to know that even when I leave, people will still be giving him shit on a daily basis because mm. there is a man that, that needs 
the piss taken out of him at every opportunity. So it's a delight to know that that's in good hands. Has he even got to the point where he's arguing that it was more about ball position on the pitch uh, and less about no. actually trying to score? He hasn't. He hasn't even got to that yet. Okay. His narrative has constantly been, "I should have beaten the former world champ and fucked it." <laughs> Which, yeah, there's a there's a nice sort of. He, he hasn't tried to worm out of it. To his credit, he hasn't tried to worm out of it whatsoever. I don't know if he's used the new plot cards to attempt a one die snapshot. Now that that is now mathematically possible. <laughs> um, but, but here's a question for you, Rich. Out of Connor and Bossy, who's still playing the game? Well, that's very true, yeah. Alex has mm-hmm. gone back to school because he is only a child. Um, so mm-hmm. that's good for him to see to fit, finish his studies off. I don't know if he's still got the paper around whilst doing it. I'm not sure. but um... Maybe Connor flexed so hard he fucking broke bots. And bots are like, <laughs> that's it. I'm done. There's I'm nothing done. left to do here. Well, I don't know. Like, the Canadian moose bothering foghorn that is Mr. Connor Rooney. Well, it's, it's entirely possible that most, <laughs> most people that attended WTC are now deaf. Um, he's a, like, I'm, I'm deaf as a face. Genuinely, I have absolutely appalling problems with my hearing, and I have therefore Connor talks at a volume that I'm happy with. Everyone else tells me that he's incredibly loud. But, yeah. mm-hmm. Works. Yeah, I always play a game deaf or sterile, so you know, either works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to ask the rules, but now I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm not entirely sure I want it. It involves an extra half of something. <laughs> Solid. Or maybe not. You know, might be oh my word! So, um, so, so, given that, <laughs> sorry, you say you say solid, but turgid by the. <laughs> it's alright. You can thumb in a softie, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. And and have and have. <laughs> Sorry, my my fault. It's all good. Went, so off, good. went off the tangent under the banner of fun. No, that's fine. Again. That's fine. I'm just uh, writing to my mate in immigration that Rich likes to thumb in a softy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm over forty. Yeah, fair. Could have accepted. Yeah. Absolutely. How is your pharmaceutical day? See, solid, you, solid, excellent. It caters for older white men. Oh, <laughs> Where does <right>. uh, <laughs> You're going to have to edit this shit, bro. <laughs> I know. I think you're deliberately, like, sabotaging me, so this is going to be the worst editing of all time. What's glorious is because we can see the video of when Campbell is about to say something. Dave's just jumping in as soon. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Um... So predictions for 2020 then. I mean, we've just like talked about how Guild Ball is a fantastic game and like mm. we like the playtesting to just be up and down uh, like my heart rate monitor. So what's a prediction for 2020? What do you want to see? You know, what do you want Santa uh, to bring? I want to see Vet Cat get absolutely fucked in February. Nah, <laughs> 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 like, like, I... I he is very, very good. I think he and Knuckles, both for me, have mm. one too many rules on their cards. Mm. Um, and I think, for me, Vet Cats, if you end your turn engaging him, you take damage and poison, just turns on too much of the rest of the team for condition stealing and stuff like that. And just, he's good enough without that. I don't think he needs it. 
you don't think he needs a better defensive tech than Pelage? Why should Alchemists have a better dilemma mechanic than Rat Catchers? And because, like, this is Soma, like, everyone's seen, yeah, this is going out after the Soma embargo, I'm guessing, because the Soma embargo was last week. <laughs> uh, Fair. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's my issue with Soma, is that now Vetcat absolutely has to be dialed back or something needs to happen. And unfortunately, it'll happen to him, probably not to Soma. Well, the, like, all the, like, the two Alchemist players that I know, Panzer and world number one, Steve Cole, have both said, I'm not taking Vetcat with Soma. It's, it's silly. Yeah. Which I respect, I respect them for, but that shouldn't be their decision. Mm. Like, it's for... Yeah. I, I was talking to... Uh, and he's just like, well, Alchemists are everywhere. And it seems like we're on this this kind of rotating wheel whereby if you're playing competitively, all you all you really need to do is take whatever's the, the broken bullshit and fucking play it, get the reps up, and uh, you know just hope you get good draws on the day. Because you look at what happened with Australian Nats and all of those New Zealand boys. Well, the vast majority of them rolled in with Corbelli, rolled the rule set, um, which is cool. You know, like the meta game is exactly you know part of the competitive game. But it's, it, it, it's getting a bit dull that this keeps happening over and over and over again. So it's like, at what point do you uh, actually call out playtesting, you know, as, as, a, as an important part of, uh, you know, developing new models uh, and ensuring the game is fair and balanced and interesting uh, and, and everything is viable. So, yeah, I mean, I hear you. I just think we're like, we'll, we'll go through the fucking nuclear winter that we go through every you know, every time something new and hot is dropped and uh, they'll they'll patch it or they'll have the community do the playtesting work uh, and they'll patch it after the fact. Is is that a uniquely Guild Ball problem? Probably uh, not. Because I'll be honest, I don't think it is. I think mm. whether you look at competitive gaming or compet- like either what I refer to as either digital or an- analog gaming, that there will always be those peaks and troughs. Like whether you're talking... Magic the Gathering or classes in World of Warcraft, there will always be a point where something is better. Whether and it's, it's more about the gap between the better and the thing just below it. I, I, I for a long time played World of Warcraft and uh, a, not a competitive level because there isn't really a competitive scene, but I, I played it at a very high level, a lot of world firsts and server firsts and things along those lines. I'm going back like 10 years now. Um, and if a druid tank was the best tank available, then on Tuesday night when you raided, you rolled out with a with uh, you know with a druid tank or whatever it was. And because if you want to be in that competitive mindset, you will do. You, it doesn't doesn't matter. Like Dan Harwood is a classic example of this in the British sort of scene, and I give him shit for it, but it's done with love. Is if Bet or is the most powerful thing at the moment? He will play Bet or if it's Corsair and but. Regardless of that, my, my games against Dan, although he's beaten me handsomely every single time, have always been highly enjoyable, and I've learned a great deal from them. Um, so, in a kind of rambly, get back to my original point: is it? Is, it's not a uniquely Guild Ball problem. It's not something no, we can no, go. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're. I think you're exactly right. But I think what I'm frustrated with is you can't divorce um, gaming from commerce, and I just think we see a lot of that. It's like, cool. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and it, it gets back to this idea of, 
and this is probably a bit me being a, uh, you know, living in 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 special snowflake Pollyanna land. But what do you want to do with your game? Do you, do you, mm. do you want to balance that game? Do you want to make it the best game possible? Um, or are you willing to sacrifice that to a certain extent because there's a commercial reality to what you're doing? And, yeah, that's that's cool. I get that. I understand it. But I also see the pattern. And I don't think it's, you know... To go back to your point about tinfoil hats, I don't think it's fair to call somebody <laughs> out as a tinfoil hat wearer for, for, for calling the pattern out, for saying, mm. this is commercial reality, we see what you're doing. You know. But same, in the, I mean, this is something I've heard, I've spoken to a couple of my locals about when people say, well, alchemists are the strongest thing at the moment because the alchemists have just come out of resin. But if that was true, then masons and brewers who have come out after alchemists would have had a significant buff, which they haven't. Mm. Like, yeah, the, the most recent commercially available product is not the strongest thing in the meta. Equally, Festival and Veteran Greed, um, I'm yeah, Veteran Greed's embargo is released today, so I'm going to guess unless by some miracle of editing, Dave mm. gets this out in the next hour. We're not reaching embargo by talking about VCG. Neither of those are the strongest thing uh, available. So I, I totally get what you mean. It looks that way, and it was certainly like when Miners dropped, there was you know, mutterings of that, and Alchemist, you could say the same thing. But then Cooks, Navigators, um, Falconers were all significantly under par <coughs> when they could you argue that the line is so is so fine in a game that yeah it, it can tip either way quite easily and so um, yes. they've they've erred both sides um, I, I don't know the numbers are on you know which minors and majors that have been tweaked have kind of tipped over or back the other way um, but it does seem like that, you know, it is a bit of a seesaw thing. And also we are talking about the highest end of the game. I think coming back to what Rich was saying about locals not wanting to play or, you know, Alchemist players not wanting to play Vet Cat uh, with Soma, that's that's not at a competitive level. I'm sure if they went to a tournament that was a national tournament, oh, they would. That, that's just a... I, I acknowledge on the friendly level or the social level that that is too much. So it's almost like we've got two different scales here of what's not acceptable in kind of any game and then what's way over the top when it comes to the competitive mm. play. I think, you know, Vet Cat and Soma possibly are both, but definitely in the, so, you know, in the, in the social uh, friend end of the spectrum, maybe tip over just a little bit in the, uh, in the competitive scene, but I'm sure that'll get dealt with in due course. Yeah, I'd be finding much more frustrating if they came out and then weren't dealt with. We we know there's going to be an errata every six months. Yeah. So yeah, when I say what would I like to see in 2020, you know, sort of half joking, half serious response of, I want Bear Cat and Knuckles to be, you know, fucked into the ground. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen quite to, to that extent. But at the same time, I know that there will be an errata probably around February, Marchish, and that will address that and other concerns within the game. So. Yeah. Essentially, what do I want for 2020? A continuation of the thing that I know that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely, and it will. It will. It will. It will see so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy. You know, the, the older you get, the more you're just like, well, fuck. There's nothing pure and beautiful left in the world. <laughs> Where are the unicorns? Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean they're, they're pretty good in God's here. Like, you know, just wait for that to arrive. You'll be fine. Mm. Do you, should I should I keep going? 
No, well, good counterpoints, Rich. Good counterpoints, really sensible. I mean, on on the gods here. I mean, that I I wonder, and I, I've thought about this a bit. Obviously, you know, they're a game. They're not Steamforge aren't um, aren't Guild Ball. It's not just Guild Ball. So I I do wonder okay. if by having these extra games and now one that's on a similar kind of level with God tier in terms of competitive kind of nature and the ability to kind of you know, build and you know have a tournament kind of structure to it. I wonder if that'll help ease uh, Guild Ball a little bit. And so if uh, the commercial aspect is what you're concerned about, maybe that isn't an issue anymore and the balance does come to the fore at that point. That's interesting. Um I have absolutely no idea, but it's a good point. Like, um, as the more revenue streams that you have, the less you're dependent on one uh, as a whole. Just to teal to your point, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm curious. I feel like it's to a see. resource. Sorry, Rich. I feel yeah. like it's a resourcing issue, right? Like you, you, you need a lot of people to play test the game properly. Mm. You know, you need, and you need people with very different perspectives on that game to be able to get a proper spread. Which is why I say actually, the best play testing happens by the community. Because you know you get a bunch of deviants who like to break shit, and, and you can't you can't beat that. You can't beat you know you could have you know twelve people playtesting the shit out of it. You know I'm sure I think if I remember like Timmy and 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 Martin and all those guys doing all their stuff over in Germany, you could have you know Kirchhoff and um, and 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 Pat doing their stuff over the states and whatever. That's great. Those those twelve people are phenomenal players. Um, but as soon as it goes on Gubs and there's like you know four and a half thousand people, that's a much bigger resource. So there's like the, the cool belly nerf, I thought was probably the most, the best example of that is you know he goes through all the playtesting and someone's and, and it's yeah yeah this guy's fine he's powerful he's strong but he's he's you know he's not too bad. And then he goes on Gubs and someone's like I can kick a ball against a wall and dodge my entire team forward. Um, and it was immediately, which was a great piece of tech, um, and that's what was written on the card. So why not, fella? All power to you. But it, it clearly wasn't the rule that they intended, and it was patched immediately. And that sort of thing should be encouraged, particularly as we're not, we don't have cards anymore. It's all done through the apps, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder whether we'll get the same result with Vetcat and Soma. You know, whether it will be so egregiously broken that they go, yeah, okay. You know, instant patch, day one patch. No, uh, I just want after, no, after CanCon is fine. Before yeah, CanCon is not so good. It's all right. So, so as, long as, we, as long as we lean into the nuclear winter kind of scenario and just accept that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be that for a bit, all good. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I know you guys have, both of you have performed very well at CanCon and other Australian events uh, in the past. You've got that coming up. Like, you play Alchemist, Scamble. You know the, the New Zealanders will be coming across with, with whatever's filthy and dirty in an attempt to steal more of your land's natural resources um, <laughs> tra- in the form of trophies. Um, so, you know, you know it's going to happen. You know you've got this tool at your disposal. You might as well make use of it, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh it's completely. Like, is at stake. Absolutely, absolutely. Although we are one nil up against them in the in the test matches at the moment, so you know. I refuse we'll to debase myself in such a fashion. How oh, fucking dare principle. you! I am so disgusted right now. I might, I might, I might have to, you know, 
I might have to secede from a union or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just go form your own nation off the coast. I hear the island of Nauru is nice. There you go. Hey. There, oh, he there we go. Tick. That's another one on the list. Well done. Three more and you're in. That's fine. Mm. Immigration through slavery. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, no, you, you're in. It's just, uh, yeah, what 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 thumb process you have to go through on the way in. That's fine. How many things? Ooh. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's <laughs> uh, fantastic. This is nice. This is a nice release because um, when I very first put my first um, bit of con- Guild Ball content up, the first comment I got was some fella going, fantastic, really appreciate this. Some Guild Ball content where people don't swear. <laughs> so I can show my, so I can show my children, and I was just like, ah, oh, that's me now. Like, <laughs> like I have to be the PG thirteen guy. So it's nice to, you know, yeah, get it out, man. Get it out. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah, well, we noticed early on that uh, singled out. They they went the uh, you know the PG route, so we had to make sure that. Uh, that all bases were covered. I think uh, you know the supporters like to hear certain things, and um, it'd be unfair if we didn't actually swear and say things like Nauru, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, the terrible words. Mm, absolutely, Moles balls. <laughs> so, what are you looking forward to? Twenty twelve. Well, CanCon, and not from the gameplay perspective. So, from Gilball CanCon, I've just got the fondest memories. Like Dave and I have done the last few years. Um, it's such a good event. You can do it in 2021, Rich. It's fantastic. So it's probably one of the largest gaming events or tabletop wargaming events in Australia. Everyone goes to Canberra. Canberra's really small, easy to get to from the airport. You don't have to pay like 10 tolls. So, yeah, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to in in terms of a gaming experience. What is that? Uh, So it's it's Australia Day, long weekend. Uh, So it's uh, late January. 26th of Australia? Ooh. 26th of January? Absolutely, 26th. And Dave's just glitched out on us, I think. Dave's glitched out massively, yeah. Um, no, I'm still here. I'm just, on, I'm just on mute. I just fucking smashed a glass in the kitchen. Hey. Oh, solid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's Australia Day long weekend. Um, and, yeah, it, we all go to you know, Canberra. It's usually, like, fucking 40 degrees. But you get all the nerds there, so... If you ever wanted to understand what like a real con stench was, that that's where you go because you get that yeah, that's, amount of sweaty nerds in like a couple of tin buildings. It's really stinky. That's the the, the joy of conventions over here. Is of course it's it's uh, four degrees Celsius outside at all times because that's the maximum temperature in this country. Uh, oh, <laughs> another glass. Um, no, that's that's the same. That's the same. Yeah, I was going to say, like Cancom, we're we're going to release our um signatures, uh, signature uh, cologne uh, this year around. It's called Lips and Assholes. Nice, nice. Can't wait. Uh, so excited. We've got like Johnny Depp lined up for the uh, for the advertising. So. Oh, classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight off the is back. It, of this is it sausage. just a miniatures thing, or is it like other kinds of nerdery as well? Uh, generally, tabletop miniatures. There's. Usually a big kind of section they have that's like board gaming, um, and you could just borrow games, do that, and there's a whole bunch of stores. Then oh, you've, nice. Then you've got like a painting. Um, there's a painting competition. So 
Um, if you knew Guild Ball, like back at the start, there was a guy called Trent Dennison who also played War Machine. Uh, he's usually there well, doing his painting stuff, which is insanely good. Um, but don't ever tell him that because yeah. his head just gets bigger and he can't walk through a door <laughs> or doorway even. Um, so yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff uh, really good, and just because it's a time like it's you know Canberra's not massive. Um, well, in fact, you'll probably find half of the cities in Australia aren't that massive when you compare it to London. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's not that big, so it's easy to get around. It's a pretty good atmosphere, and we just, yeah, you get to hang out and play games for a couple of, couple of days. So it's, it's good nice. fun. Yeah. I think on the on the guild ball side of things, I think balance balance is a thing I always, you know, want to go for, and a little bit of jank. That's probably what drew me in with the minus. Like, that was something that mm. I... As soon as they came out, looked at the rules and went, yeah, I want I want me some of that. That just seems so ridiculous and like you can just pull off weird things. And I'm still, every time I play them, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can just lodestone that into that position. Fantastic. And you just come up with new just stuff all the time. so many angles. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. So um, probably look forward to just playing a bit of minors as well. I was actually um, completely out of practice with them, but I was tempted to take them to CanCon as well, just, you know, because it's not all about necessarily winning, it's about having a bit of fun too. Only one guy goes away with the trophy, right? So, Yeah, true. So, uh, yeah. Shepherds as well. Ooh. I'm looking forward to that. How good is the, I don't even know which one it is, the big fucking Ram like model. That is insane. Ram, Rambo? Yeah. Um, is that his name? I can't remember. Um, but it is now. He just looks... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it is up and down the country. Like, as a as a man that no longer follows football, um, but was incredibly passionate about it in my youth, um, uh, all my despite my incredibly BBC accent, I'm all my family's originally up from around Newcastle way, and so you're an Alan Shearer fan. Just, Oh, just when they unveiled that the captain, well, not even the captain, that the striker was called Shearer. Yeah. It was just the most glorious. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, it's, it was so nice. It was just like a little nod to my youth. That it doesn't have to be any more than that. Yeah, I don't have to go around calling the Ram Les Ferdinand or anything like that, but he's a big old boy, so I might as well. So there'll be a temp- there'll be a temptation to to paint them in, in like the NUFC kit. Yeah, um, that's brilliant. Right down, right down to the uh, you know the, the 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 big star logo for McEwen's Lager, right there, or the uh, Newcastle Brown Newcastle Ale, Brown Ale, right, right in the front. front. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is um, brilliant. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to them. I really I, I really enjoyed the the Miners Guild release cycle as a whole because it's just. Like, here are guilds you like done slightly sideways. Mm. Yeah, the engineers and the miners guild, the aesthetic and the play style is, is similar. Same with the rat catchers, the morticians. You know, they're all very closely linked, and I've really enjoyed sort of watching that happen. Um, I've also really enjoyed the, the, the speculation that goes around it mm. um, and just how stupid some of those ideas are in, in the best possible way. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to that cycle being finished. So, so what do you reckon's the... I mean, obviously, we haven't got too many left, and uh, Alchemist's minor, I don't believe that's been spoiled as to what they are. Like, what's yours? Like, well, or have they? It, this, it's, at SteamCon UK, it was said that the, the Lamplighters Guild would be... Um, yeah. the A would be the next minor guild released, which, okay. you know, yeah. we've had 
we've had the Cooks and Miners this year and, and Shepherds next year, so it's not that. I'm still not unconvinced that isn't an in-joke at Steamforge's mm. office. Because um, whenever, like, whenever they get mentioned, it's always by Matt Hart with a cheeky wry grin and a sparkle in his eye, which I'm fine with if that was, if that was the case and it was just um, a gag. Uh, if it wasn't the Lamblighters Guild, I know a lot of people kind of want like a Poisoner's Guild or something like that. And I think maybe that's a bit Terry Pratchett for me. Yeah. I don't know. Like the Alchemists are not a guild that. Um, yeah, I don't play a lot of Alchemists. They're not really my thing. Although I play tested the original season four version of them when I went up to Steamforge the day, and had a wonderful time with like the alternate resources that mm. they have. And that's the, I think it was Steve Margotson that introduced that. You know, using poison and burning to achieve different things. Um, I think that's a glorious piece of design um, yeah, and looks amazing. Um, I know a lot of people want um, the like the the conditions to do more damage than they currently do because if you're if you're playing alchemists for the damage game and you want people to die to conditions, you know we're not season two, three smoke. They don't mm. really do that anymore. Um, so whether or not um, like their minor guild had some interaction around that. I could see that. Um, did you ever play Malifo? Uh, no, we had a bunch of guys that played it at the club, and I had a good look at it. But yeah, no, definitely haven't played it. Yeah, so, so Connor, Panzer, and I all came across from Malifo um, to Guild Ball, um, and you know we all played that at quite a high level. Uh, all those those two did. Um, I went to the tournaments and talked shit. <laughs> on podcasts in a move that I'm sure would be straight into it. Um, but there were two characters in that, Dr. Morning and Sebastian, who, if I remember rightly, it's been a long time since I played, who basically had an aura around them that meant conditions ticked when you activated models as well as at the end of the turn. Mm. So that might be that might be quite a cool mechanic to borrow or be inspired from so that you know it doesn't necessarily increase the damage by those conditions. They just happen earlier. Yeah. Um, so they're happening, you know, during the turn rather than at the end of the turn. That might be quite a cool thing for for Alchemist to have because um, it's like you know, it's you get a, a lot of board control that way. Um, you know, I've got my striker who's set to go on goal, but only has two health left and a poison counter. Well, if I activate it now, I'm not going to be able to, to to shoot. But you know, that kind of dilemma um, and board control through through threatening of takeout might be might be quite interesting. Mm. No, I like that. I like that. It'd be interesting to see. I I, I get you on the uh, lamplighters being an in joke. I actually kind of part of me hopes that it is just an in joke because it's the funniest. Like you know, Matt's been saying it for years. It's, been, it's yeah, it's this thing. It's been going on for years. Yeah. Um, you can't help but feel proper... like it was definitely an idea that they had. So whether it's kind of propagated out into a guild or not, but you know that Matt, you know. When he talked about it years ago, I think we chatted to him about it at one point, um, and the idea of bouncing around, that sort of thing. Now, obviously, certain components of that have been harnessed in other gameplay, you know, in terms of your nest markers, your harvest marker, um, bouncing around, things like that. So you wonder if they've just taken those ideas and used them in other guilds and the lamp lighters is just, you know, fictional in some, in some sense. But I don't mind that either. Like, it doesn't really bother me. 
I think the only thing that would bother me is it'd be cool to have token or when you build, you know, if they've got little, you know, 30 mil bases that are the lamps to actually have them on the table would just thematically, like I've always been a terrain kind of person. I love seeing all that shit yeah. on the table and seeing that on the table would be wicked uh, and add to that kind of thematic part of Guild Ball and, you know, the medieval soccer in a, a town square. Yeah. Yeah, I often, like, lament that the the building rules from the mm. Kickstarter never made it through. Like, that whole kind of, well, if I kick it at that, it's going to ricochet off. Because you could do some ridiculous snapshots if it was a case where I'm going to, you know, pass that fella over there, but I'm going to bounce it off that wall and all that. I mean, there's no reason why people can't homebrew and stick their own stuff in. But, yeah, terrain like that. I'm always amazed um, how much of an impact terrain has on Guild Ball. Yeah. Like, compared, yeah, you, 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 you know, you're, I remember when I first played it, um, and you know Connor set up the table and he put down like a barrel, a wall, and a forest, and I was like, "Well, that's nothing." Like <laughs> this game play, this game plays with absolutely nothing on the pitch. Like, oh, this will be easy. And I've the impact that just those three tiny little things had on the game was huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think when they did the OPD early on, and they kind of limited, uh, you know, how many of each thing could go on there. And I think that destroyed a little bit of the, you know, early on people were just sticking like multiple houses, you know, people that had stuff from War Machine or you know, other other systems, you know, even Malifaux that had multiple stuff and just stuck them on the table. I actually want to go back and just play a game like that where you've got like only a narrow corridor down the middle and you've got to actually play around the yeah, outside yeah, yeah, yeah. of buildings. Like I find that actually quite fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Do it. All right, we're on. <laughs> Uh, March, when do you get here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah something like that. End of March. Rich and my first game is going to have 90% terrain on the pitch. We're going to be kicking <laughs> off rooftops. Big houses. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Off the rooftops. Nice. Parkour guild ball. <laughs> uh, have you played Ground Earth? Nope. Uh, there's a few people that play it locally. Um, and... Essentially, the terrain for it makes looks amazing, but you, but you can't touch the floor. It's like, or at least that's how it looks to me. As soon as it's like they, they're playing, the floor is love. <laughs> so like, all these all these people like jumping between branches of trees and off buildings and stuff um, because the world's been flooded. Um, you could do that. You know, just have loads of, of buildings, and you have to make you know, jump like between that. the gaps. I like that. Is there a Kevin Costner kind of model? Or um, I'm, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. Actually, he costs. Cost ten times as much as all the other. <laughs> it's about 40, 40 million, uh, just to make yeah. up for that. No fair. I, it's actually brought me back to one of the other points. Um, we we're talking about like nice things and you know how silly Gilball can be. One of the other things I love about the game is actually the 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 subtle little you know in your way or comments things like um, uh, vet catalysts witness me things like that where they call on popular culture and drag it into the game I think that just adds the flavour to the game it is so did, good um, did the miners guild fluff of having the arch enemy of the thatchers guild land in Australia as to why that is no Dave so that would that's our British prime minister <laughs> yeah, yeah. ah is, yes yes who, yes who, who, who shut down the mining industry destroyed the bloody mining industry Yep. and yeah, vast swathes of communities at the same time. So when, like, reading through the like the story on that and sort of got to that bit, it's like, ooh, right, you know, it's, uh, it was, that was lovely. I did wonder, is that, is that in any way going to land outside of these shores? 
Someone's eating crisps. Well, it's, it, it, maybe, it maybe gets a bit more niche the further away from, uh, from the motherland you go, I suppose. Yeah, fair. Uh, maybe not in America. Who knows? I don't, I don't know what's happening <laughs> over there. I'm not sure they do, so. Yeah, well, oh, it's all topsy-turvy. Uh, the, the idea of terrain, more terrain in Guildhall. It, it's amazing like how cluttered a game gets uh, yeah, when yeah. you actually load a pitch up. And how it just turns into a bloody one. I think that's a good thing. Um, I don't know where. I, I don't know. Are we? Are we like moving to a to a point where Guild Ball is actually getting closer to finished? It, it, once the miners come out, uh, once every guild gets its third captain um, and maybe a third mascot. Steamforge has talked in the past about Guild Ball having an end point. You know, are we? Yeah. Are we moving to that? Um, even if that were the case, um, I don't think that, 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 that would be the end of it. Like, even if, if Steamforge took a step back and went, you know, we've got to season five or season six, everyone's got t- three mascots, three captains and a minor guild. Um, and Steamforge went, that's it. Like, that is the game now finished. I think the community is in such a place that we would just carry on anyway, in much the same way the um the blood bowl does or did for you know there's those big wilderness years between when gw sported it and uh and when they recently started relaunching it again where it it didn't really matter much the same with like epic and and yeah. warmaster and stuff like that that if people like a game they're going to play a game it, it doesn't actually matter whether or not the company who birthed it originally um are still involved and in much the same way we have WTC committees I'm sure like living rules committees would would leap up and I'm I imagine there'd be a certain degree of hilarity at the beginning of that where five different people from all over the world just go we're we're running Gilball now it's our rules and you know it'll go from there so yes and no I guess I mean there will come a point where I have a long-standing theory that I think Guildball is the smallest line item on Steamforge's profit and loss, and it's done yeah, purely. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, it's done purely because they love it. It's the thing that got them all in that room together, but mm. probably isn't the thing that's keeping the lights on. If I'm honest, um, I've got mm. absolutely. I really want to stress. I have absolutely no reason to think that outside my own head. And from you know talking to content creators like you guys, it's not like someone at Steamforge's. You know, whispering in my ear, you know, Grimer Wormtongue style or anything like that. Um, it's, it's, it, just, it, it has to be. Like, you know, it, it, the models are cheap, the rules are free. <laughs> and, like, where, where can it be making money um, other than um, just sort of keeping the lights on? So they must be making more money from Resident Evil 2 and Dark Souls yeah. and, you know, and now God Tier because those are games that I can buy stuff for. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, you know, also the way they've tried to maintain balance with a slower release schedule doesn't aid it, like the commercial aspect of the game too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know they very perfectly. It was Matt on your when you interviewed him uh, on Minor Guilds originally when he said, "I don't want everything to drop at once because that will kill people's wallet for for a couple of months and you disenfranchise people that way." So, yeah. Um, I, I kind of I find the idea of finishing a game, you know, in terms of design and, and production, uh, actually really interesting because 
you know, it brings you to a point where maybe you've completed the, the work on finalising guilds, finalising miners, um, you know, developing these models and whatever. And that actually leaves you the space to um, continue the game through through iteration in the rule set, um, mm. getting it to a point where actually it's a finished game and a standalone yep. thing. Yeah. I, you know, and you, and you think about it in terms of games like you know, chess or Go or you know all of those those titans um, of, of gaming. Uh, I feel like that's a really worthy ambition to try and finish a game and iterate it to you know its 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 best point. Um, yeah. And if they I mean, did, I mean that would be incredible. Even something like Warhammer Fantasy Battle, you know, when that ended, that was an endpoint. And mm. uh, a, fr- a friend of mine who is connected to nerdery, he's more of a and d guy than a, than a miniatures guy. And he, he said, which I, I quite liked, it's got an astute observation of someone that was connected but, but different. And he's like, it's finished now. This is what it is. Like, Beastmen are terrible. Like, Chaos are really good. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, if you want, here is the final version of the game. If you, you, you've got, like, a choose-your-own-difficulty aspect to it, which yeah. I know whenever I've spoken to, from, for, to Dan Adams from Rollbetter, that's something he's like, why can't there be guilds that are bad? Why, why can't there? Why, why, why can't like, there be halflings in Blood Bowl where it's like, well, I'm going to take these guys because I like the models and they're funny. And the, the games will be hard, but that doesn't mean they won't be fun. Um, and I'll probably lose. But, and yeah, that, like, imbalance isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, just as long as people are aware of it. Yeah, I've always I've always preferred asymmetry to imbalance, but I I, I agree. I see what, I see mm. the sense of what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a thought bubble though. Yeah. I find I actually like the idea of a com, like completed game because I I look at well, not currently, but when I look at all the uh, the kickstarters I've backed, one of the biggest gripe I have when I back a kickstarter, and even if you don't go all in you end up with so much shit and there's actually so much expansion to the game that all of a sudden, like, they've, you know, they've evolved the game, but they've done it from point dot. You know, if you actually look back at some of the board games, you know, things like Carcassonne or Settlers that start with a a base kind of game and then slowly develop from there. Okay, they they had the idea of commercialism in there. They they knew they would... They knew they would basically need a... um, need to develop the game beyond that. But they didn't do it all straight in one go. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, a game that identifies an endpoint and progresses to that is a positive kind of way of going about it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to lumping fucking two boxes of shit on my door and then I've got to explain <laughs> it to my wife. No, seriously. Seriously. Shameful. I've got issues. Yeah. Um, I remember when... Uh... Sorry, Dave. When the God Tier box arrives, um, like this giant of a box, <laughs> um, I, I, my, my wife took a picture of me holding it, um, and I immediately put that, sent that to um, for Rollbetter lads because I talked to them quite a lot. Um, and uh, the first comment back was from John Parrish, just going, "I am in so much fucking trouble." Um, Absolutely. Oh, mate. Like. Yeah, I've got boxes and boxes, and there's only so many you can hide uh, from your other half. And it's not so much the games. She's got no problem with the games or the money. It's the actual fucking space I'm taking up in the house. That's the issue. 
struggle is real, man. Struggle is real. Well, it's it's been a meandering chat as always, um, <laughs> and in in true double dodge fashion, um, Rich. I think this is actually the first time we've been face to face and had a chat, so it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure, Dan. And I shall see you in the spring. Absolutely, absolutely. Autumn, I don't I know think. if it's March. Autumn, autumn. Now we're we're black and white, mate. Forty years going to have my birthday in summer is going to be weird. <laughs> you know, you no. still have hot, hot running water, or does that explain the smell at Pangon? Maybe just go to the toilet early, and then you're done. Go find a lemon tree after that. <laughs> Absolutely. David, you're always um, a legend coming on this podcast. We love it. Well, I just yeah, keep well, r- I mean, arm wrestling like you back on. I just can't find a way out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, it's been a pleasure, lads. Um, thank you for being on the Christmas special. And uh, I think Rich has got to take a piss. So we're done. <laughs> So we thought we were going to end the podcast there, but um, Rich has relieved himself. He's, uh, he's at least three three kilos lighter um, and feeling fantastic. <laughs> That's what that English tea, what that Indian tea is going to do to you, mate. It just goes straight through. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I go the Rubos, mate. Rubos all the way. Uh, it's bitter. Yeah. Yeah. You got a vanilla Rubos. You got to have like a little bit of something else in it. All there. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classy. Yeah. Wine and vanilla rhubarb. This is not the man I was expecting. Fair. I'm not sure what picture I paint online or, you know, <laughs> through my my audio patterns. But anyway, um, would you like to talk some uh, some Soma, some Greed, some Festival? I can talk two of those three. One of them, I've got no fucking idea what she does. Rich, I know you, ha- I know you hate Soma, so I think you can start somewhere else. Oh, it's not so much that I hate. I hate them. Um, I was chatting to me, Mikhail Hayes Panzer the other day, um, and he's just like, oh, I've just played a game, just played my first game with him. I was like, how are they? And he goes, well, Numa one-rounded tapper. <laughs> like, what? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Say, say that again. He goes, oh, yeah, just one-rounded tapper with Numa. And I'm like, one okay. of the most resilient captains in the game? Mm-hmm. Like, happily being one round. Okay, that's fine. So I'm a little bit worried about that. And then TAC-12 Vet Cats, TAC-9 Venins, TAC-7... Um, vitriol. TAC-7 Vitriols, TAC-6 Camis with Anatomical. Yeah. Doesn't... It's, it's, it's going to hurt. It's... Yeah, yeah. I, I'm keen to play uh, Soma, but I'm also, uh, you can see certain things that can be exploited. Um, I feel like the, yeah, the legendary is almost like a, you get to the end of the game, you need two points, bang. It's almost like an auto button at that point, right? Um, yeah. I think I think the, the most vast majority of people, well, I mean, or certainly what I'm expecting to see on the table is alchemists get to eight um, and then Numa comes out. Yeah. Uh, what I'm curious about is how they get to that eight. Because, of course, with Smoke and Midas on the pitch, goals can come from mm. anywhere. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that, or at least I, I can kind of see where the, the balance is, is getting to getting to eight, getting to ten. Um, won't be 
quite what Alchemist players are used to, perhaps. Because um, it's like fish, you know, the first two goals are easy. Yeah. It's the it's the, the that that finishing people off where it gets tricky. Um, and certainly the the bunker breaking ability of Midas that we saw on the WTC streams and also we saw at LGT. Um, just the ability for just Midas to go in and just push your your ball killing piece off the back of the pitch or whatever he, he wants to do. You're not gonna have that. And I kinda think that weirdly Midas and Smoke cover more matchups better than the introduction of Soma. But I'm not sure. I mean you're the Alchemist player. What, like is that is are they going straight in your lineup or is it gonna be hard to shift Because um, I imagine Smoke would be the drop if any. Yeah, I yeah. But I've gone back to playing a bit of Smoke and Smoke plus Vet Cat in your know, current iteration is actually super strong because you get yeah. you get reliable kind of killing, but because you can throw Vet Cat in and then they deal with that and then Smoke, they can't focus fire Smoke. So all of a sudden, then Smoke, smoke gets more longevity. And in terms of the game, they don't tend to take her out as quick because they're too worried about their cat. And so your killing game gets amped up. So I'm not sure. And she's not as far forward. She's not as far forward either. Absolutely. Like, position, she's much, she's much safer. Yeah. So it's, it, it's an interesting one with her. I don't know who you drop because I'm a, I'm a Midas fanboy. So he's not going anywhere. No, I, yeah, Midas is, is surely at the top of the curve. And... Um, but, you know, Midas and Smoke currently, in much the same way Shark and Corsair do, um, they cover each other's matchups really well. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so I think it's going to be quite hard. I think people will play Soma, and I think people will, you know, curb stomp people in the mid table with Soma, um, which is where I live. So hence why I'm scared. Um, but I think at the top end, it's probably still going to be Midas and Smoke at yeah. least in you know um, at the, the the top end of the table for the big tournaments. But I'm not sure. I think it's a fascinating piece of design. Yeah. Um, and I'm and I'm looking forward to seeing them. But there are like it's you know Vet Cat's the obvious one. Everyone's going oh look at the look at the numbers that Vet Cat can do. But like a Tax Seven Mercury with momentous three on two being able to do that damage to a model that he's not hitting yeah. is very strong. Um, yeah. Like having a squaddy that can put out 12 damage reliably is not a small thing at all. Um, it kind of reminds me of when Harriet came out with Hoist. Like that just, I'm going to punch people to monkey wrench over there or whatever it was. Yeah, no, um, I did it and it's, it, I felt so filthy for it, but it, it was amazing. <laughs> But now you can basically just do that with Mercury. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, no, I, I completely agree. I looked at the models like Vitriol and how can, like, how do they get dialed up? The ones that can put out the fire to actually gain the benefit. So Mercury and Vitriol are the one and two that, you know, benefit outside of that car. Yeah. I mean, the ta the tack buffs in a game that is already so fast uh, worry me. Because if you if you get that tempo advantage, uh, how far ahead are you in terms of closing out the game at the top two? You know, it's it's pretty common for Vetcat, properly set up, used by a skillful player to get two takeouts very easily. 
and that tempo swing is massive. Mm. It's just massive. So I just wonder whether, you know, we're just, we're just seeing further acceleration of um, a game that has accelerated significantly uh, in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. again, I think you make a good point, Rich, which is these things always play out differently on the table, especially once everybody works the tricks. I think one of the, you know, the it, things that sort of hasn't, hasn't, hasn't really been talked about is that alchemists are a team that want to spread out as much as possible to present as many varying angles of goal threats. Um, you know, you, you want you know, possibly Midas up the middle, Crucible on one wing, Vitriol on the other, or you know, your striker of choice, so that no matter whether your opponent is trying to kill the ball, you can threaten it. Throw into that then a captain that essentially wants people within four inches of stuff. Um, I think it's a really interesting, like, going to have a very interesting concertina effect on alchemists on the pitch and they're going to go from this quite wide base to to narrowing and that and that i think is going to be interesting like because it's like you say stuff on cards and stuff on the pitch are two different things mm. Mm. no that's a fair point that's a fair point hey, can you um can you clarify when when soma pops the legend for a legendary to numa uh, you the health benefit there? Does he get the full t- full set of boxes again? Yeah. Yeah. So like. So that's how I, you I, count I, him. I, you just go yeah. all into Soma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the, the sort of the confusion, or one of the ways of sort of combating the confusion around the transition between Numa and Soma, is throughout Gilbull's rulebook, it talks about a model's activation, not a card's activation. Like, the uh, model is the same. So anything that gets put on the model is on the model. It's only the card that, that flips. So if you've got poison or burning or knockdown or whatever on um, Soma, when he goes Super Saiyan and becomes Soma, like, that poison and burning is still there, hmm. but the card's changed, so the health has, um, has flipped. Yeah, um, so I think that's. I mean, if if we're talking about the fear of you know Soma, um, I think that's that's the tip for uh, for the new players is just put the pressure like you you would when it comes to playing against you know Obulus. You basically pressure to get the legendary out earlier, obviously in a different way, but you pressure to get that yeah. out, and then the risk diminishes at that point. I mean, Soma is a four-one captain with sixteen boxes, tack mm-hmm. four and a double disengage on three. Um, one of the things I think it's really important to, to note is the, um, the rule on the back of Infern... It, was it? Um, backdraft. The mm. thing that, you know, when this model declares an attack or a charge, it may remove the burning condition with any model within four inches and gain plus two attack. You can't do that on a counterattack because you're not declaring an attack or a charge. You are declaring a counterattack. So, you, you, you know, you're going to be attack four with a terrible... Ca- with a, you know, a Mourn level... No, I yeah. don't say Mourn is a better counter. <laughs> like, if you can pressure Numa fast, Numa is going down like a sack of spuds. Yeah, right? And absolutely. that, I think, is, is going to be absolutely key because all of the bonuses, like all of these sort of coach models, um, they, with the exception of veteran Captain Greed, which I think is glorious, um, they have to be on the pitch. Yeah. Um, so get them off. Get them off as soon as possible and trigger them as soon as possible. That's a good segue into veteran Captain Greed. Um, I love this. Love this guy. I love it. Love it. Riding a turtle. Fuck, it's amazing. Tortoise. Feet not flippers. 
No um, fair, fair. Um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm Australian. I can get away with all sorts of things, including like theft. So that's fine. No, yeah. Say mm. so ended up there. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's our national anthem, right? It's it's not Advanced Australia Fair. It's Walsing Matilda because it's about stealing. Is that right? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I didn't okay. know that song had any other lyrics. Yeah. The uh, thing I love about this guy is like wrapping a captain and a mascot in, mascot up into one model is uh, is cool. It's fun, and then uh, do the thing as a character trait to let another model take a second activation. That just like not only is it is it awesome, um, I feel like you can just break shit with it as well. Um, like, you know, Minx has a casual run, eighteen inches run. of jog. I know <laughs> it's just incredible. It's incredible. And then the idea of this like this goon fucking charging with a lance is <laughs> it's hilarious. That, I love it. That act, that, act of, that that charge is going to take people by surprise. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. He's, uh, what, tack 12 with two on one? <laughs> so good. Right. Just this little dude on a tortoise. Amazing. Right. Uh, I, I love the fact that um, his second activation thing, like I said, I, it, it, all of these other coach models, their universal rule says, whilst this model is on the pitch, Greed's doesn't. It's just once per turn a friend. So you can kill him and his main rule still does a thing. And I think that's very, very cool. Um, the, the the two character plays, forward minions, I think is, are hilarious. A, I think this is the only speed, the only AOE speed buff in the game that's a pulse, not an aura. Um, so unlike Ferrite's Legendary or Times Called, you have to stay within four inches of the model that's doing it. A, his is a six-inch pulse, which on a 40-millimeter base is a huge swathe of the pitch. Um and it, the fact that it's a pulse, so he can trigger it and then fuck off, frankly, um, and go back oh. to his own goal and, and chill out there and let everyone else do the thing. Um, just, yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Um, he can charge twice per turn, which I really like. Oh, like that's with fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. In yeah. One activation, yeah, you charge into someone, persuade them away and charge them again. Um, I mean, that's influence intensive, but funny. Um, <laughs> You know, you charge them once and people go, defensive stance. I'm like, cool, knock down. They're like, cool, all right, I've, I've bunted your charge. No, like, I'm going to push you away now and I'm going to charge you again. Go again. You can't defensive stance again. Um, <laughs> so that'll be, I mean, I don't know how much that'll achieve, but equally, it's funny. Um, Hemlock becomes ridiculously resilient um, with two activations because just heals four health a turn. Um Rage charging twice is something I cannot That's the wait one to I looked at, yeah. Double charge rage or even just jog charge. So, you know, it was easy to stay out of his threat range. It's not so easy anymore. Yeah, because everyone goes, oh, you know, as long as I stay eight inches away from baby rage, I'll be fine. Yeah. Like, no, nope. not anymore. No. Nope. Um, yeah, it's it, weird, isn't it? Because he looks like he's such a, a stodgy, slow model, but he is actually a, a, a strange mobility captain for the Union. Yeah. Um, you know, four minions is reminiscent of um, Blackheart's Legendary. The uh, the Lance is reminiscent of Rage, uh, of, yeah. of Veteran Rage. Um, weird hybrid, uh, and I really like him. I love the design. Yeah. Not, like, a tackle on four sort of consists of, you know, carries on the Union captains can't tackle the yeah, four shit. Uh, which is nice. 
yeah. Um, I can hear Jason Mountain crying from here. Um, Good. His tears are delicious. Aren't they just? Um, not vegan, though, so I can't have them often. Um, the... Like, oh, fuck, where was I going? Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, Mink... Yeah, it's true. Um, Mink's being able to jog, like, what... Is it seven or nine inches? I mean, what's she, she starts off as a seven nine, so she goes to a nine eleven, so yeah. she can jog nine inches, throw an axe at someone, dodge four inches, second wind another four inches, and then jog another nine inches. So, and then if she wants to, axe throw is axe throw once per turn. I can't remember. Um, but essentially, like if you can do three clockwise laps with minks on the pitch you'll dismiss your opponent immediately and win the game through rituals. Uh, oh, I, I love cool. that. I love that. WTC, uh, not the last one, the one before, um, James Long and I had a game, and we were playing the Ashes. Um, so we'd lined up with mm. five Englishmen versus five Australians. Um, and James and I were like, do we just play cricket? So the rules were <laughs> that if you got to their line, um, if you got to their deployment line, that's one run. Uh, if you can kick the ball off the pitch without the scatter at six, and if it deviates off the board, it's four. Yeah, uh, I, I've got I've got nothing wrong with doing laps. Like I think I think you could have multiple events <laughs> here where it's like you're doing the four hundred, you got the eight hundred, um, and different models are going to be better at this than others. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious, especially with the new get back in there card from the yes um, from the guild plots um, from the game plans or whatever they're called. Um, yeah. Can't, yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous, um, and he's just a fun. Like he's come back to what we were talking about earlier, where Gilb was a stupid idea. Like it's a man on a tortoise. Mm. Um, I like the way that the strongbox is now faster that because now he's carrying someone. Like he was a three five, <laughs> but now he's uh, he's got someone on his shell. He's yeah. a four six. He's, he's been he's been whipped though. I think that's it. I mean, just like horse racing, there's only a certain amount of whips <laughs> they can like stick into the poor guy. I actually have. I mean, like, you've got to really go for a shell. Yeah. <laughs> I have visions of. Um, I think it, I think it's because every day is leg day for him now. <laughs> <laughs> I got visions of uh, the labyrinth and just like the jousting kind of, um, you know, where they they storm. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I see with uh, with with rage. Oh, with rage, with greed. Now on the tortoise, um, just charging in. You know, Sididimus style, basically straight into him. I love it. I think I think that's what they're going for here. I really want to like have him painted so that he's wearing exactly the same as what my rage is wearing. So it's almost you know he's just proper like, well, I'm in charge now, so I'm going to wear exactly the same stuff that that rage had on, but just tiny. Mm, fact, fact. It's almost like um, that guy that sculpted all the different Fantas, the Union Fantas. That was amazing. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see that with just rages. Like all rages. <laughs> I mean, I have I own I I have a, a long-standing love affair with rage, so I own like eight of them. So I'm nearly there. Um, <laughs> like addiction issues, you'll be welcome in Adelaide. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Including like the the foot high statue. Oh, brilliant! You got have you got the bust that one? Yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, nice, nice. This is the sound of Rich just getting models out and showing me on a podcast. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's glorious radio. Glorious mm. radio. But you're, you're not feeling festival? Uh, I, I've, so I played Farmers, oh, no, it's a year and a half ago now, but basically when Thresher was bullshit. 
Um, and coming back to an earlier point, I actually stopped playing him because he was bullshit and I felt bad playing into people because it You're was just, ri- yeah, it was just ridiculous. But I just feel like festival's good. Um, I've got no problem with a, um, I think there's some interesting, like, you know, the fact that they've thrown in attack buff, um, kind of attack buff. Um, but I have, I just feel like you go back to Thresher. So she'll see play, but it's, you know, I would say fun play. Your thoughts? But yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And I think this sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier is why shouldn't there be a hard option? Why shouldn't there be a fun option? Like, it's going to be very, very difficult for for you to put in a another competitive option over yeah. Thresher because he does everything. And now that Bryce isn't playing Farmers, maybe they'll get nerfed. <laughs> um, um, but... So you know, we we know like the comp- the competitive option is in the vast majority of the case um, is Thrasher. Although Dom, friend of my channel, Dom <laughs> uh, Westerland, does a uh, an incredible Grange misery list, <clears throat> which is an exercise of him sitting still and going, "Go on then." Um, which, if you like playing that way, cool. Um, you know, it's like the Michael Coomber challenge of can you get him out of his chair. Um, <clears throat> um, so if, if if those two things are already sewn up, why not festival? Like, yeah, I think the the model is astounding. Um, I I'm genuinely excited to paint this because I think it's going to be um, like I'm sure like many people listening to this grew up painting grim dark or you know, ferocious orcs and all kinds of horrible nastiness. And here's a girl with with pansies in her hair and I'm really looking forward to painting that um, just because it will be a nice exercise in, in, in bright colours and, and, and vibrancy and all those sorts of things that normally um, my paints don't go anywhere near I, I think more than anything like I'm more of all three captains I'm more tempted to paint more tempted sorry to play festival than any of the others just because I, I find the concept hilarious I'm really looking forward to veteran captain greed um I think he's going to help tremendously with the kickoff pressure that Union just haven't had yeah. since season three. Um, I'm not, I don't know how much VCG is going to do for their playing numbers because they're still one of the most underrepresented um, guilds competitively in Guild Ball for major guilds. That's but Mountain's, just looks mountain's fun. fault, I reckon. Say again? That's, mountain. yeah, that's Mountain's fault. Yeah, he's not absolutely. representing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like, with Windle, you can slingshot. Sorry, with Festival, you can slingshot Windle twenty-two inches in turn one, which I think is hilarious. Just like, go on, deal with that. That's um, that's a reasonable distance. Um, mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I can't put myself. I can't bring myself to play Festival uh, because I'm protesting Bryce, basically. And <laughs> you know, you have to you have to maintain your line on these things. Fair, fair. Great model. Although, great model. You're absolutely right, Rich. Um, but just Gorgeous. because something is beautiful doesn't mean that you should, um, well, you know. <laughs> but I mean, a softie? <laughs> is that going to be the title of this episode? Oh, I believe we've just, well, I was thinking more Grima Wormtongue thumbing in a softie, but um, I'm not sure I, I can afford the time to Photoshop all of that. So, yeah. I mean, that's the I'll Christmas gift it. that everybody wants, yeah? <laughs> Jingle bells. No, she is uh, she is solid. Look, 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 I got... there, there I go again, Campbell, bringing the tone down. I know, oh, I man. know. Why the fucking 
David. Jesus fuck. Jay is fucking crying. <laughs> fucking. He's gone full Bogan. <laughs> ah, what do you mean gone? <laughs> Well, you haven't got a shark tooth necklace on, so... Australia. <laughs> You're going to love it here, mate. You're going to love it. I remember... I was, opportunity. In, I was in Perth a couple of years ago and, like, just stepped out into traffic being uh, slightly jet-lagged and not really knowing which way the traffic was going and all that kind of stuff. And I nearly got run over by a truck. And the fellow just leaned out of his window and went, nah, dickhead. <laughs> I was just like, perfect, perfect. Like, Welcome. He, he's, he's found the whole thing hilarious. That's not that's my kind of place. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a Perth thing. I think most places slow down. Um, my sister lives over yeah. there and she points out that, yeah, no, you step out into the road in front of someone, they'll fucking run you down. So, yeah. I was uh, rightly so. With a, with a friend, staying with some friends over there and... Um, we're driving along. We've gone out for a meal, and we're driving back to his place. And you come across one of them like road gritting lorries, and it's got the the big arrow on the back pointing at the direction that you should go round it. And his arrow is pointing the wrong way for for whatever reason. And Nick just pulls alongside him. He's just like, "Hey, mate, your arrow's going the wrong fucking way." <laughs> and the guy's just like, "I know it's going the wrong way, but I'm driving. I can't change it." And just the two of them just went at each other for like five miles, just just sat perfectly next to each other, just screaming about an arrow pointing the wrong way. And I was just in tears in the back of his car. So what are you? What are you going to do when you come over here? Like, what are you doing for work? Um, I'm transferring within my existing company. Ice, so, ice. Yeah. Adelaide is the ice capital of Australia. So, yeah. Ice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. that, um, that Breaking Bad fella's got nothing on me. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, that and serial killing. Yeah, beard's got it covered. Yeah, it's the backbone of our truck. Yeah, Perfect. Shocking connection here. Dave, you've been in and out. Yeah, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have we have we covered uh, VCG, Soma, Numa, and Festival adequately? Probably not. Yeah, really. Pro- probably adequately in in double dodge terms. Yeah, really. Do I just call another intermission and then I'll just put someone else on in like five or ten minutes? Have the Wang machine run for that long and see what happens. Wang 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 wang. Welcome back. If anyone wants more rich in their life, uh, just jump on YouTube um, and look up Beard Minis. Uh, he does some great quality billboard content there. Uh, he's a good chat. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really look forward to him coming over to Adelaide. Maybe I'll get on some uh, Beard Mini action. Who knows? Thanks again to Dave. Um, it's been a pretty awesome year, up and down. We've both been very busy people, um, but I really appreciate you know how much time he puts in uh, with the podcast historically and also, you know, how much time he frees up to actually be on it. Um, we've both established how hard it is. Uh, and, yeah, and I really appreciate um, him as my partner in crime. A few other thank yous. Uh, obviously, Mr. Jesse Heiss, freecitygames.com. Uh, I'm currently waiting on some models to arrive. He's a legend. Um, he deals in God tier now. So for your God tier plastic crack... Uh, jump on freecitygames.com. He's a champ. He gets it pretty quick, uh, sends it out, and, yeah, he's just real ambassador for the game as well. So I think um, Jesse's also the one running 
CanCon uh, Capital Cup. So I believe uh, we're getting quite a few guild ballers up there for CanCon. And uh, Jesse's all running the show there. Uh, a few other thank yous, Hayden and Ella, just because they're legends and they're coming over for my birthday in January. Uh, thanks to you guys. Also, Hados, thanks for being on the podcast so much, mate. Uh, really enjoy having you on. Pretty much all the guests, uh, you guys really make it what it is. Otherwise, it's just me, me drawing on like this all the time. And as one of my sons has established, it's pretty easy to go to sleep when it's just me talking. So, yeah, Timmy, Martin, um, Steamforge employees, uh, thanks to you guys. You know, Perkins, Giblin, you guys are great. Thanks for putting up with all the silly questions that I fire at you in the middle of the night for you and during the day for me. You guys are legends and really are an important part of the of the company, but also the guild ball component of that. You guys, you know, enable that communication between us uh, and the company. So really appreciate your time. Um, thanks to all the patrons. So we have got a Patreon account, patreon.com slash double dodge. It does really help. We haven't had many new ones in a while, which is fine, but I appreciate all the ones, um, all the guys that do sign up. Um, one of our locals, Mr. Pat Hull, he has uh, signed up. I really appreciate it, mate. Um, it's just so helpful. We, you know, Our hosting fees cost a bit of money, um, and even when I post out things like the stubby holders, we actually make a loss on the first few months uh, just because the postage you know, costs internationally are so large. So... Thanks for all your support, guys. Um, the last lot of money, I basically printed some more dice. Um, so they'll be going out at CanCon, you know, giving out as prize support to different events. So really appreciate it. If you turn them up the other way, they look like PP dice. Other than that, um, it's been a pretty good year. I think we'll just keep on rolling on. Probably be a little bit of a hiatus. Um, the next episode might be either a pre- or post-CanCon episode. So hang out for that and appreciate everyone listening uh, and all the support. It's a freaking bear. Ah, oh, you dickheads. <laughs> <laughs>